This is Tom Fox. Welcome to the newest edition in the Compliance Podcast Network, my latest podcast, Compliance and Coronavirus. As the voice of compliance, I wanted to start a podcast which will help bring both clarity and sanity to the field of compliance, the compliance practitioner, and indeed the compliance profession during this worldwide health and healthcare crisis taking up a variety of topics as diverse as working from home to sporting events, to the role of the board of directors, to crisis management, to the role of supply chains. We will look at all of these in this podcast. If you have a topic you'd like covered on compliance and coronavirus, please let me know. I'd be happy to do a podcast on it. In this episode, I visit with Sam Abadir, Director of Industry Solutions, and Carrie Penman, Chief Risk and Compliance Officer both at Navex Global, about a paper they jointly co-authored, Six Tips to Go from Disaster Recovery to Business Continuity. I know you will find it useful. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode. And today, I am pleased to be joined by Kerry Penman, Chief Risk and Compliance Officer at Navex Global, and Sam Abadir. Sam is the Director of Industry Solutions at Navex Global. Uh, first of all, thank you guys both for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you for having me, Tom. I appreciate it. Thanks, so, Tom. Great to be with you. So you guys, I thought, wrote a really good article that was recently uh, posted in Navex Global's Risk and Compliance Matters blog site entitled Six Tips to Go from Disaster Recovery to Business Continuity Planning. And I was wondering if I could maybe start with the basic question of What's the difference in disaster recovery and business continuity? Um, I'll, I'll take that one. Uh, thanks. You know, for a long time, a lot of people have thought that uh, business continuity is disaster recovery, right? And, and, you know, disaster recovery is really kind of born out of the, the IT world. Uh, you know, when IT systems were brought up for accounting and then they went down, People wanted to know how are we going to bring them up, so they build these step-by-step-by-step plans. And a lot of organizations, and sadly, a lot of organizations today, still look at uh, their business continuity program as a disaster recovery program run by their IT department. But if you think about your business as a whole, there's all sorts of things that need some sort of you know uh, continuity and resiliency. Um, you know, your business continuity plans are exactly that. How do you keep your business running during an interruption? And that very well and quite often excludes IT. In fact, there's a whole slew of different types of business continuity plans. Uh, you know, you have your continuity of operations planning, uh, that's kind of your blip in your production or your blip in your software management or whatever that might be. Uh, that's not a full-blown disaster. Uh, critical infrastructure plans. Um, you have in- information system contingency plans, which are, again, different. And then occupant emergency plans, which is, you know, if there's a a bomb scare or you know a hostage taking inside your office. All these things require you know pre pre planned thoughts in order to keep your business running and running smooth. Does that does that help? Uh, it certainly does. Really, one of the powerful things about the article, or what struck me and why I wanted to visit with you all about it, was that you listed many uh, several points that a compliance practitioner, a business executive or uh, really anyone else can utilize when moving towards uh, a business continuity mindset. And and I'm just going to list them out. Empower your people. Enlist your star employees. Pay attention to third parties. Don't forget compliance. Plan with ethics in mind. 
and make resiliency an organizational initiative. I was wondering, uh, Sam, if you might uh, be able to give uh, a little flesh uh, to those uh, points on what do you see as the key elements? Yeah, certainly. And, and you know, I helped write that article. So those are the, you know, very much key elements and designing a good continuity plan. Um, the first one I think that you talked about was empowering your people. And if you take a step back and you look at business continuity as a subset of operational risk management, right? It's kind of the extreme end of operational risk management, then empowering your people really makes sense because, you know, your people are your first line of defense. You you have to understand um, that your people actually understand your business and they may understand your business better than the business managers who are writing the processes down in a Visio document or a Glyphy type document. Um, so empowering your people to understand when, uh, things are going bad and, you know, to actually manage that risk before it becomes a, before it becomes failure, but also to get their input of, Hey, why are we doing this? What does it really mean? What happens if we stop these items? You know, things like that. Those all become very, very important and important people and kind of moving to the next one, you know, enlist your star employees. Um, you will always find in your organization that you have, uh, you know, your your leaders on your org chart, but you'll also have um, your, your natural born leaders. You know, maybe they're they're the younger or less tenured people who are going to be tomorrow's org chart leaders. But you do have to enlist your star employees because during times of crisis, uh, people will listen to to both those types of folks, and we have to understand uh, who they are, where they are, and also get their input right. Uh, getting their input during the planning, not just during the crisis, but getting their input during the planning really either gives you a good sounding board, a good health check, or you know, good operational information for, for your plan. And, you know, the, I think the third one that you said was pay attention to third parties. And boy, I could talk about this one here for two hours. This is really a big deal. You know, there's, as organizations become more digital and as organizations um, you know, outsource more and more items. Uh, your third parties are absolutely critical to your business continuity plans. Uh, they're also absolutely critical to the operations of your business. So when you are, um, you know, planning your op when you're planning your business continuity, make sure that you identify the steps where any third party might be involved. Have that type of uh, relationship codified in the contract for support during third party or sorry uh, support during business continuity operations business continuity testing and business continuity related events uh, because you'll need them and you'll be sorely uh, you know uh, lost without them i'll i'll give one more point on third parties too right uh, you know if you want to make sure that um, your business is running well, right? Most businesses buy things from third parties and then they, or get services from third parties. They make something or they do something with a value add and they sell it to a customer. A lot of people forget that the customer is also a third party. Look at your customers as part of your business continuity plan about how you're going to support them, how you're going to communicate with them um, and how you're going to enforce contracts with them or, you know, work with them and be partners with them as part of your planning because, um, it's as critical as uh, the, the suppliers and other folks like that that are bringing things into you. 
Carrie, as the Chief Risk and Compliance Officer at NAVEX, I was wondering if you might be able to speak to the compliance and ethics points in that list, which again were don't forget compliance and plan with ethics in mind. Now, thanks, Tom. And I think, you know, we know well that when a company's management is in crisis mode, it's really easy to neglect some of the priorities uh, like compliance. And I know both you and I have been hearing some stories about cuts to compliance budgets and staffing. And that's unfortunate because this is a very high risk time for organizations with the pressures to make up lost revenue. And so I really think it's the worst time to be losing focus on compliance. And so in really good solid business continuity planning, I think compliance risk is a priority and that the compliance risk assessment uh, that goes along with the business continuity plan would help an organization identify the contractual and the ethical and the legal requirements to ensure that nothing is missed. And I think with a disaster recovery in plan, place and plan, plan in place, before the adverse event occurs, uh, the compliance risk will, I think, have already been identified and the organization should just go to focusing on the execution of that risk mitigation plan rather than, I think, losing some important time in planning on the fly um, if, if you were not prepared. And I think we're seeing the longer the recovery period, the more likelihood that there could be of ne neglecting compliance without a plan in place. And I think I just want to spend a minute because, you know, you mentioned the point we made about ethics and planning with ethics in mind. The pandemic has put ethics squarely in the spotlight for a lot of organizations. And, you know, I strongly believe that people and organizations are going to be judged by handle how they handle this adversity and, um, you know, as Sam said, the, the, the leaders are, are going to be rising to the occasion. But, you know, leaders and organizations that are making some short term decisions may face consequences later, good or bad. And um, one example is, I think, the way organizations will be judged by the, the treatment of employees during this period of time. I think we've seen in some situations companies cutting salaries and laying off workers uh, but then rewarding the executives with bonuses. And this will not be forgotten. And I think if people perceive companies as unethical, I think those companies are going to have a pretty tough time uh, finding talent after the pandemic and keeping people motivated. And I think there's still people are still job hunting and, uh, you know, some good people could could peel off and that would be a, a serious loss. So I think leaders are making decisions quickly during disaster recovery. And for those organizations that haven't prepared uh, really run the risk of making poor, uninformed decisions and potentially unethical decisions as well. Sam, if I could turn to you for the final point, which is make resiliency an organizational initiative. Um, and I guess the, my question here is, is this a declarative statement or is this an action item? Is this something that starts at the top and really imbues all the way through an organization? How do you make that change? Well, you know, whenever I think about, whenever I think about that, that's, you know, that last bullet, and I don't remember if it made it into the article or not, but there's a quote attributed to, to Ben Franklin. If you uh, fail to plan, you plan to fail. And, and it can't be more simple than that. And, you know, from, if you look at it from that standpoint, that, that 
change needs to start at the top, but needs to be embraced by every single you know, manager in their organization, you know, every single person in their organization, at the very least, you have to plan out your day and how you're going to be successful in your day. But for the operations of your company, for you to succeed with the mission of helping your customers and bringing value to the market, if you fail to plan for events like this, or, uh, you know, even worse events like a, like a, a giant fire or a supplier failure or, you know, it could go on and on and on. But if you're not doing that, your organization won't be resilient and you won't just and you just won't be meeting the goals that you set out to do. And you won't be uh, if, if you take actually a step back to, to what Carrie was saying about ethics. This is clearly an ethical uh, mandate. Right. You have to plan for these things, because if you're a company, you've employed people, you're supporting your customers, you've made contracts with other third parties and if you can't live up to those obligations, that's more than just a contractual failure. You've lost the trust and, you know, you've breached um, your contract with, with um, you know, your customers and your suppliers. It has to start at the top and you have to take it, a look at it with, you know, that type of importance of uh, making sure that you can support the community that you, you know, decided to, to be part of. Sam and Carrie, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if listeners wanted more information, where would you suggest they go? I would suggest that you go to the NAVX Global website. Uh, there we have a number of resources, including a link to a webinar that we did on this topic, uh, as well as the blog article that, uh, Tom, you were mentioning. And we just want to thank you so much for inviting us to participate in this session with you today. Yes, thank you for your time. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. This is the only B2B podcast which brings clear and sane information for both the compliance professional and the business executive. If I could ask you uh, to do one thing, if you could tell one person about this podcast, I'm trying to get the word out uh, about this most unique podcast in the compliance podcast network so if you could tell one person about it send them a copy send them a link do something uh, to help me publicize this podcast i would greatly appreciate it compliance and coronavirus is a production of the compliance podcast network and it appears tuesday wednesday and thursday of each week thanks again for listening and i hope you'll join me again for another episode This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.